As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey folks, welcome to On to Waveland, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. We are, I don't know, I, I don't think we're on a losing streak. If we are, it's pretty short, you know. If, I, would, I would characterize us as, you know, kind of hovering around 500. Tough stretch of the schedule right now for us, I think, but we're, we're making the best of it. We're not and, selling uh, off. We're not selling. We're not selling no, off. We're not no. rebuilding. We stuck to. Hey, we we <laughs> held it together. And Mooney, you know, Mooney's a free agent, I, and he's got a huge market for in the podcast uh, space. So I mean, it's not like I'm putting up plaques of myself in my own house <laughs> and like celebrating it while it's burning to the ground. You know what I mean? Oh, Lord. see, that's why he's going to be a, a hotly sought after uh, free agent podcaster. <laughs> That, uh, you know, we took a risk not trading him for podcast prospects at the deadline. Uh, So, yeah, we will get into what Mooney is alluding to there uh, because it all, while it is a specific story, it comes as against the backdrop of what's happening with the big league Cubs, which, of course, is not only that they're in this 12-game losing streak um, and not only that they are performing very poorly since the trade deadline. And not only that the trade deadline featured the sell-off of a tremendous volume of talent and guys who've been around a long time, but that also this is a team that was performing extraordinarily poorly before the trade deadline. Obviously it was the, the first losing streak, the first 11 game losing streak that kind of set a lot of this into motion or confirmed what was already, I think desired to be in motion at an organizational level. Uh, so I think it's necessary to note all that because that is all going to be background for understanding what the organization is doing with Wrigley Field and celebrating that, um, you know, these, these things cannot happen within a bubble where they don't infect each other and they don't, they don't impact the way we think about these things. So Mooney is in that respect, quite right to make his joke about that right at the top, because it's, it's just impossible to ignore it. Uh, but let's, 
briefly touch on like the actual baseball for a moment. Uh, <laughs> anybody want to say anything about the? So yeah, the Cubs have lost twelve in a row. They got. I I would say. I would argue another really interesting start from Justin Steele last night in Cincinnati. Um, if, if only in large part because of its dramatic contrast to his first start against the Brewers, where the pitch mix was different. The early work to generate contact in the zone was very different than what he was trying to do with the Reds, which was uh, clearly working the margins uh, and north south with the four seamer and the slider down and out of the zone. Um, you know, he was, he was, the situations dictated that a little bit because he was sort of constantly working through traffic on the bases, not always through his own fault. There was some bad luck in there. Um, but I just, I'm not, that's why I'm using the word interesting or fascinating because I'm not quite yet being like, oh, this was a fantastic outing for the following reasons or the last one was a fantastic outing for the following reasons. It's more just, it's interesting to see these two, I think, starkly different performances from a guy yeah. who's already shown he can succeed in relief. And now he's working to develop as a starter. And it, I think, is heartening to see him have like two very different game plan approaches. Um, you just, I mean, you'd like to see a little more success, but I think that comes in time. But I, I certainly haven't left these two starts feeling like, ah, no, he's not going to be able to make it as a starter. I mean, I think it's holding steady in that regard. Yeah, no, I, I've... Yeah, I, I'd say similarly. It's interesting. I've, I'm not saying I'm impressed or blown away by any of it, but I liked. I really was glad to see him go four seam slider uh, this time around and and see that it can work. The command wasn't great, but but it was often good enough. Uh, I I yeah, I I like the potential. I like it's something worth monitoring the rest of the way as as difficult as this team is to watch right now he his starts are interesting obviously Alzali is a major question right now that that last start and the injury that that's a little um that sends some red flags up after that really nice start against the White Sox and then all of a sudden he I don't know how long it was he was banged up there and and how how the injury impacted him uh, throughout that start, but that was a really rough start for him after the White Sox outing. And I think overall for me, just watching this team and this losing streak, the way it's happening, I think is really interesting because it's not like the, and maybe I'm picking and choosing what I'm remembering here, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like what's really been terrible is the pitching. The offense has been fine or sometimes good, sometimes what we've got just, you know, what it's always been, I guess. Uh, but the pitching has been horrendous to the point that I think like they're allowing like a over, like a pushing like a 900 OPS during this losing streak or something like that. Something insane, right? Like, isn't, I saw, I, I thought I saw some numbers where the, where the pitching staff is just giving up insane numbers. Uh, the ERA is insane. Like everything is just really bad. Can I can I just slide in real quick on that? With yeah. Just an aside. We don't we don't have to make this whole talking point if we don't want. But I found it funny that when I saw I, I think Jordan Bastian may have tweeted out something about that that like the Cubs pitching over this stretch is just absurdly bad. Like Sadev said, a huge contributing factor to that was Jake Arrieta, who now yeah. uh, who was so bad that he is no longer capable of pitching for the Cubs, a team that really doesn't care whether it's winning or losing, but he is good enough to pitch for the 
trying to stay in the race, uh, San Diego Padres. I, I thought that was yeah that's interesting. I wonder how many ground balls will find holes there, and and you know just the bad luck that finds Jake Arrieta. So unfortunate, I'm sure. It probably won't follow him to San Diego. He'll probably have only good luck there, and, and things will go his way. I'm sure he'll execute all Well, he starts tomorrow night at Coors there. Field, so um, <laughs> hopefully luck will be on his side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, I, I mean, I, guess, I for me, I guess it goes to show that well, it's just kind of weird to see they trade they trade away all their, these star, the star power on offense, and the offense doesn't seem abysmal. Yeah, it's it's Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom, and uh, who else is looking good? There's someone else that I'm Rafael I'm Ortega. Oh, Ortega. Yes, thank you. Those three guys, they, they look, you know, Ortega and Schwindel especially. I'm like, ah, oh, hey, what do we have here? I'm not saying they're starters on a winning team, but that, that that's nice to see them succeeding and and. Yeah, continued success. That's that's a nice little stories there. But the pitching, and it goes to show how much how important the bullpen was. If we didn't already know it, now it's just hammered home because sometimes the starters like Davies, I think, had a good start. Steele is fine, right? And then the bullpen comes in, and it all of a sudden just becomes like, oh, this isn't a winnable game at all. Like the bullpen just comes in, and it's just like. Psh, psh, psh. Dan Winkler, like the regression came hard. I joked early on how he was like the most disliked sub one ERA reliever early on in the season. Okay, <laughs> the regression has come. There was reason to doubt, and and he he full on showed us that it was coming. Uh, uh, what what was really going on there? So it's it's been a rough go, but uh, I just find it fascinating how they've lost when they trade away all these offensive stars, and it's the pitching that. You know, all they lost was bullpen guys uh, that really uh, that's really sunk them during this streak and looking forward to a 14 game losing streak and and the Ricketts, uh, you know, putting a plaque up about how amazing they've been and how all the great things they've done for Wrigleyville. It's a it's a great timing on that. I mean, these these guys really know how to how to (laughs) read a fan base. Yeah, guys, come on. We're really burying the lead here. I mean, the Cubs are in the middle of an epic losing streak. And on Thursday, Cubs officials are throwing themselves a little party to congratulate themselves for, if I'm reading it right, I mean, doing the most basic thing. Like, you own a building that's 100 years old. You should probably make some investments in it if you want to (laughs) stay there because it makes you a ton of money year after year after year, whether or not your team is any good. And this comes off the heels of the Cubs trading basically almost every good player they have and then uh, announcing these – showing off these renderings for the new sports book outside Wrigley Field. And their DraftKings partnership was, you know, uh, leaked last year after they laid off more than 100 employees in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, this is – it starts at the top, right? And I think – we shouldn't get lost in in the weeds on something very predictable. A team playing really bad after you know selling off you know every good player uh, under short term control at the trade deadline. Like this is uh, our colleague John Greenberg wrote a very insightful column. Uh, I think he said his dumpster diving days he thought were over, and we're referencing the uh, fair. Uh, what was it like a birth a condolence card for Ron Santos family that wound up in a dumpster. Uh, while reporters are basically on stakeout watch to see, you know, if Dale Swain was going to get fired. And then there was the, uh, the cake from the Centennial, uh, that wound up, 
in the garbage as well, I think. So that's kind of where the Cubs are back in that mode. They're in prove it mode. Like, and they're, they don't get the benefit of the doubt right now. And I think they've done a great job with Wrigley Field. It should really kind of speak for itself at this point. Um, it's their place. They can put up whatever plaques they want. Um, that seems a better idea for opening day 2022, the home opener, rather than uh, late August and what could be uh, you know, a 14-game losing streak, which would tie the longest in franchise history. So that's where I think there's a time where you have to kind of take a step back and ask someone from the Department of Common Sense, like, is this a great idea right now? And uh, I don't think anyone, judging by social media, thought this was great timing. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I I probably wouldn't have put the mention of the plaque at the top of the press release. That I might that that might have been at least step one. Uh, so let me offer. I'll play the part of generous responder guy. Um, it, it's just it's it's in my nature. I, I I have trouble. I've always had trouble seeing just like the worst angles of people i always i just have this like defensive instinct like it can be just just you know it's just anyone and i'm just like well but what about this and what about this and what about this so let me at least try to offer that in this situation and then we can get back and deconstruct it some more because i do think um it's i think this matters and we'll get to why it matters um in a moment so some responses you know so they've announced this for this thursday there's an off day probably was planned a very long time in advance based on some people who are apparently coming, including the commissioner, state and local officials, to get those calendars squared away. You probably had to tee this up a very long time in advance. Um, Could they, should they have announced it a long time in advance so that they didn't run into this situation? Maybe. Maybe. No one will accuse the Cubs of this era of like being perfect at avoiding self-made PR snafus. Um, so that's one thing. And in in fact, I think in, in John Greenberg's column, did he mention that they were planning on something like this for last year, but the pandemic pushed it off? Um, I, I believe I did read that. So there's that factor. I think that would be a primary response that like, Hey, we're not totally tone deaf. It's just, ah, this is the way the calendar fell. It reminds me of, so when Clark, the cub, that was another one that, uh, John Greenberg, Greenberg mentioned, which by the way. (laughs) In a long line of these things, a lot of them have turned out to be like not a big deal. Clark is fine. 
People lost their shit. Clark is fine. It's not a big deal. He's a fuzzy character that kids enjoy. Great. Who gives a crap? Um, so that's also my reaction to a lot of these situations. It's like, who cares? So when Clark was announced, it was like, was I think 20, winter, winter after 2012. So it was like in the depths of the rebuild where people were like, wait, how long is this going to take? How bad is this team going to be? And you're announcing this pantsless character as the, this is what I'm supposed to care about? You guys are monsters. And Cubs, of course, response was, well, we started this process like over a year ago. And, and they had. They had started the process of working with a company to come up with the perfect backwards hat wearing bear and to <laughs> poach the uh, the Pittsburgh pirate parrot from, uh, you know, as, as part of the hiring process. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying people need to give grace in these situations because it's like, you know, the Ricketts family, for example, they know the drill. They know what owning the Cubs is at this point. They're not asking for like people to, to you know, give them uh, huge excuses for any missteps. I'm just explaining that like, hey, it, there's there are timing factors here. Uh, second thing I would note is at a minimum, if this is including the, the reveal and the addition of the Cubs Hall of Fame, I mean, that is something that people have wanted. Like a lot of fans do want that and have wanted that for a long time. And it's been put off for literal decades as to do it right. We're not, we don't have space. You know, the footprint of Wrigley is too small. It's just not something we can do a good job. Well, if you're pairing that with the conclusion of the renovations and you're sort of making that the celebratory announcement, nudge, nudge, nudge to any people listening who may have, you know, some flexibility in the program on Thursday, that's big news. Like that's a big, good thing that's worthy of celebrating. Um, and why that isn't kind of the lead, I don't quite get. I think maybe there was that, that was a whiff. Um, and then lastly, the plaque, you know, again, that got a lot of attention. Greenberg tweeted it out and um, it got a lot of attention because it does, it does feel like one of those, um, uh, you know, vanity things that's unnecessary at a time like this, particularly against the backdrop of the pandemic with the biblical losses and tons of staff being fired to then make the Wrigley renovation project, which has always been sold and billed as like this thing about preserving for the next hundred years for everyone, this federal landmark for everyone to like make it about yourselves. Not great. That's never going to read great. It's never going to present great. Even if, my honest reaction to it is is another one of those, who cares? It's going to be a little plaque somewhere in the building. Like, who gives a shit? They did it. They did it. They can put whatever they want on there. Who cares? <laughs> um, but but the to, to then bring this back now to why this matters. Why are we even talking about this event to conclude the renovation, which is itself newsworthy. And like I said, the Hall of Fame, I think that's a big deal. Um, I look forward to checking it out, whatever it is when it's concluded. By the way, I also like that the sports book is coming. Like, I just, I look forward to going there too. So that's another one of those where I'm like, who cares? I kind of like it. The video board. People freaked out about the video board. I like it. The video board is great. Um, so anyway, but why all Damn, this matters? Brad. Total Ricketts apologist. <laughs> I, know. This is, I know. I know. I know. I, I have my part to play. Um, but why this matters is we're, when the front office came in 10 years ago, to engage in this rebuilding process. 
the Ricketts family had owned the team for just a couple of years and had gone through a process of evaluating what the needs were, um, where significant changes were were going to be required, where investments were going to be required, all this. Okay. And then they brought in Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer to put credibility to a plan, capital P plan, that was going to require an investment from fans of their, uh, not only their dollars, but their emotional investment of being okay with some dog shit teams for a few years. And it was, I think, the right thing to do at an organizational level at that time. And having that front office in place bought the credibility. There was a lot of trust. There was a lot of buy-in among fans. And for all of the um, those PR missteps we talked about during that era, the cake, the card, all that stuff, you know, they they blew over pretty quickly. Because people then would return to the prospects, return to the rebuilding, return to free agency, return to what's going to be happening next, what's coming next. And then 2015 happens and boom, everything takes off. Well, fast forward to today. We've now had, what, uh, 12 years with the Ricketts family as owners. We've had Theo Epstein come and go. We have Jed Hoyer staying. Uh, But I don't know that he comes with... partly because he's been here this whole time. I don't know that he comes as the same kind of face for like, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. This is going to go right. And so when something like the timing of this Wrigley renovation party during this 12 game losing streak happens, I think what we're also confronting is that there's just a lot less trust right now that like, that this isn't a sign of, wow, they really don't get it. You know, like I would have had an easier time, I think eight, nine, 10 years ago talking about this and being like, you know what, whatever, this is just, it looks bad, but they're doing the right things. They're, they're all, they've got the right people in place. They're spending the money on scouts. There's, you know, they're, they're building facilities, all these kinds of things, things that you can't really say now. And so it just makes for a, it, what this week is a reminder is how hard what the Cubs need to do next is going to be and how little faith the fan base has that it's going to succeed compared to 10 years ago. Yeah. I I think two points that you guys made that, that are really important. Like Patrick, I mean, you nailed it. And I was thinking the same thing They're They're like celebrating like, Oh, we, we rebuilt Wrigley. Like, yeah, that was a layup. Thank you. I mean, it, it, like this is like, you didn't move to Rosemont. Yeah, wait, wait to not move the ballpark. This cash cow ballpark that was set up for you, not moving to Rosemont and and following through on empty threats. Duh. Like, yeah, you're you're you did something that's gonna make you a shit ton of money on top of the shit ton of money that you already have. Like, way to go. So proud of you. We're all very excited. And then. On top of that, you're doing it right now, right before. Nobody believes that this team is going to contend in 2022. Nobody believes that. I try and like uh, picture how it's going to go, and you know, Patrick and our our our, jo- our job is to try and figure out how Jed is going to follow through on his words. Right? It's going to be really hard and nobody almost nobody believes that they're going to do anything this winter that's the problem there's no faith in the fan from the fan base anymore they do not like we could say look they have all this money to spend they have this all these spots open yes i think they'll spend some money a decent amount of money and be players in the market they probably aren't going to go out and buy and spend uh, on carlos correa and stuff like that and be at the very tip top 
even if I think they should be super aggressive, they're not going to be insane, but they're going to spend more than I think the most down fan believes. But it, what, like, there's no reason to toot your horn or anything like that right now when you're heading into an offseason where all the pressure is on Jed Hoyer, right? To, to deliver and, and give something for the fans to feel at least somewhat excited about somewhat like okay they can compete okay it's not going to be a 110 loss team because right now that's what they're putting out there they're putting out a team that should lose 100 plus games and may somehow i i we when in colorado talking to the other reporters people were asking how bad do we think this is going to get and i did the math i'm like i think they'll lose 90 ish games 90 plus games and everyone's like that many now i may have been underselling them like (laughs) Like this is this is bad, and they can't go into next season with anything close to that. There's a ton of pressure on Hoyer to deliver. Maybe he doesn't feel that pressure. Maybe he he can be he's able to disassociate and kind of just say, "I go, will go about this the way I feel is best," and and I will if it needs to be a methodical uh, process, I will do that, and I can ignore all the noise from outside. But still, I think it's just. I, I get like the timing of it and and everything that you said, Brett. But it's just like you gotta you gotta figure out a way to not do this at this point in time. Like this is really bad. They should have. They knew they were selling months ago, right? Like they knew in in uh, early June, probably mid June uh, ish, that they they were selling. They had to figure out a way to reschedule this, uh, and and like th- it's just a bad look at a bad time. Fans are irate. I agree. Uh, Hall of Fame is important and cool and and great. Uh, a, a team like one of the one of the things I love about going to Dodger Stadium and covering Cubs Dodgers games is in the bowels of Dodger Stadium. They have everything there. They have all the Silver Slugger awards, all the Gold Glove awards, all the MVP Cy Young. They have all of that stuff all over in the basement there and it's like it's cool. It's really cool stuff. And and I I love the history of the game. I like I'm I'm sure I'll take my son to this Hall of Fame if if it's easy to access and everything like that. I'll take my kids there. But it's just such a bad time to do it. Like nobody's happy about this team. Nobody is happy about the direction this team is going right now. And it and like the Ricketts patting themselves on their back is just embarrassing. That shouldn't be in the release. It just shouldn't be in there. There's no need to put it in there. It should be about the Hall of Fame and celebrating the history of great Cubs and not mention that and just put that plaque up and mention it maybe towards the end of the ceremony or something like that. Because Putting yourself front and center is embarrassing. It's just silly. You great, good job. Everybody loves Wrig- Wrigley. Everybody knew that place needed an upgrade, and you had the money to do it, and you complained the entire time you did it. Uh, way to be. So proud of you. It's just, it's silly. It really is. <laughs> I will say what the, the Cubs have going for them is what Brett alluded to earlier that something else always happens. Like this is going to get swept in into our kind of memory banks of cubby occurrences and people like us and John Greenberg will reference the great media advisory of <laughs> August 2021 and you know it'll be either something to laugh about you know, if the Cubs do have a short quick turnaround back to contention or it'll be something that'll be referenced in the uh kind of deconstructions of what happened since the 2016 World Series. It is amazing, to your point, Brad, that 
Like the Cubs had more credibility when they had a, more than a century since their last World Series title, and now in the afterglow, the dimming afterglow of the 2016 World Series, uh, they're at such a fraught uh, moment when they have the flag out in the center field scoreboard. They have a renovated stadium that I'd say by almost all accounts was a very good job of combining new elements uh, while retaining uh, the traditional elements that everyone loves about Wrigley Field. So I'm sure they can't wait until whatever Thursday at 4.30, whenever that thing is over, and then we'll be on to the next one. Perhaps the Cubs you know, trying to avoid setting a new franchise record for losses in a row on Friday against the Royals, I believe. Yes. be a real entertaining weekend. That's an important series. I mean, I'm just saying. Titans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Top five pick, baby. (laughs) Race to the bottom. Are are we – I haven't had a chance to, like, discuss this with anyone, so I'll do this here at the end. When it comes to, like, the reverse standing stuff, you know, like – because it's been a while. It's been a while. And I remember in 2012 and 2013 and 2014, I – because my eyes were open about the reality of the situation, uh, I was – tracking it very closely and being like look here's the reality it's better if they lose today's game or lose this series because x y and z and i got a ton of pushback back then like there was not a lot of adoption from people in terms of being okay like i think they all understood that the team wasn't going to be good that that does tie to draft picks it does try to tie to bonus pool if you're a little more sophisticated you think about that you're like it's not just the pick it's there's a, there, it, it really affects your whole draft considerably um and I still got the pushback. Now, I'm, I, you know, my toe obviously is dipping in that water there, and I'm not getting a lot of that pushback. And so I'm wondering, like, is it safe? Am I okay to be like, hey, the series that's coming up with the Royals, for example? I mean, that's dr- the team directly ahead of them in the reverse standings. Cubs need to get swept. That is what I <laughs> want. To, am I allowed to? Is it safe to say that out loud? I, you know, I want the individual I, players like, to do well. I, I hate get, that. I hate that you have to think that. Like, I, I don't want fans to ever have to be in that situation. I don't think the Cubs should ever be in that situation. I understand what happened on July 30th meant that they're in that situation. If they're, I think my big thing is it better be this better be the last time you're talking about it for a long time. Like the, these next month, this next month and a half. Like if they're if we're talking about this again next August, it's a failure. Jed screwed Huge up. Failure. Jed made the wrong si- signings. It's not like it, it shouldn't be acceptable. You should, you can say, yeah, I guess the best thing is for them to lose uh, a year from now, if that's what you're saying, but also saying I'm furious about it and it's not acceptable and it needs to be fixed immediately. Uh, like it, they can't be in this situation over and over again, uh, like they were 10 years ago. Uh, th- Jed's already told us that that's not going to happen, that that can't happen, that it won't be that way. Now he can make mistakes and and get, sign the wrong people, and and that can that can happen. I understand that. Now if they if yeah, there's scenarios where it's like okay, bad things happened and they're in this situation again. But for the most part, if they're in this situation again next year or even relatively soon, it's just not acceptable. It's not how this type of franchise should be run. And it just shouldn't fans shouldn't be rooting for these things. Fans should be rooting, should be able to go to a park and enjoy their team, at least somewhat. Even if you are a Royals fan, 
Like, you you know, eventually you get to see Bobby Wood Jr., right? Like, you want to see Brennan Davis, and you want to see these guys come up, and you want to see free agents signed and trades made. So there's an actual group of, of players that it's not like, well, maybe Frank Schwindel is something. Okay, yeah, maybe he's something. But, I like, fans shouldn't be, like, begging for random dude has been released by the Royals and Tigers to be more than what everybody expected. I remember the old, like, political slogan like it's the economy stupid like it's the pitching stupid yeah. like you know the fastest way for the cubs to look smart like they have their act together just get some decent starting pitching some capable starting pitching it'll have a an enormous effect on your bullpen these younger pitchers that the cubs are trying to figure out whether you know what they have it'll raise a competitive floor um you know sometimes you feel like a dinosaur you know when you look at what the Rays do and openers and the quick hooks. It's like, just spend the money, get some good starting pitchers, pair them with Kyle Hendricks. Don't fall in love with your kind of infrastructure. Just get guys who can post every fifth day. And that might not cover over all of the PR mistakes and the bad vibes, but it will go a really long way next year if they could just not have like one of the worst rotations in baseball by far. <laughs> Which that point, by the yeah, way, yeah, that's a good thing. Avoiding yeah, worst I mean, rotation is, is a plus. <laughs> well, and what's notable about that, by the way, is for all the love that they get on the bullpen side for what they've done the last few years in reclaiming pitchers and getting young guys to develop and all that, yada yada. It wasn't that long ago, before this season, probably I don't know, actually before the off season last year, that we knew they were going to have rotation spots open, lots of them, to be able to fill with guys that they're like, oh. Maybe we can do this with starting pitchers. Uh, And that was a failure. I mean, it was just, you can offer up the excuse of the timing of when they could sign guys based on the money that was available, whatever. But like Jake Arrieta, didn't work out. Zach Davies was who they got back for Darvish, didn't really work out. Trevor Williams helped with the Javi trade, but didn't really work out. A bunch of other depth guys did not work out. And so I think that's an area where while I'm, still open to Jed and the Cubs being choosy on shorter term sort of targeted guys that that they want to try to go after. Um, the pressure's on to actually succeed this time if you go that route. Because like Mooney said, if if instead you just like spend some money, you just, hey, we're going to spend some money on some starting pitchers. Um, you're going to have a little more grace if you... If, if, you know, if you go out and you sign Marcus Stroman and then he really struggles, um, well, there, he was a good, really good pitcher and you guys paid to yeah. try to bring in a good pitcher. Get that. Uh, but if you instead go the route where you're targeting like these lower dollar one year guys to try to make a go of it and it fails, you're going to get shredded for it and you're probably going to deserve it. So that is something to keep in mind that um, kind of harmonizes that point about how bad the rotation was this year what the Cubs can and should do this offseason. And it also ties to the bigger picture point that we were talking about in this episode, which is that, like, I am one of those fans that Sahadev was referencing, and I'm going into this offseason with very low expectations for what they're actually going to do on the spending side. Um, I think it's going to be very short term. I think it's going to be very targeted. And I think that that my lack of confidence that they will do more than that is tied to a lot of what's happened over the last decade. And and 
any signs of tone deafness coming from the top of the organization don't exactly do anything to disabuse me of that notion that like some there's some gap in their understanding and so uh, i hope i'm wrong i hope that there is more uh, well i shouldn't even say i hope i'm wrong i think i just hope they succeed you know if you're going to do that kind of targeting spend targeted shorter term spending great fine but you've got a very blank canvas so like there is no excuse to not get your top preferred targets among that group and then if they fail well then you have failed so maybe i'll leave it there on that on that dour note we will be back at you on thursday live from the plaque unveiling no i'm just kidding but we will (laughs) we will be with you on thursday uh possibly talking about the cubs having tied their longest losing streak uh, at 14 games um you know i i I get mixed i did a little poll i was like on Twitter, I was like, do you guys want to see the Cubs end the losing streak now, or do you want to see them break the record because it's funny? It was three to one, break the record because it's funny. So, like, wow. there's a blaring message, by the way, to to the Cubs and ownership and stuff. Your fans right now, I mean, Twitter, self-selected fans, but, like, <laughs> they're just in it for the lulls right now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> f- it, just lose. Just, just lose. Get it to 20 games. Who cares? Um, that can't be good if that's like your fan base's attitude right now and it's going to be reflected the next homestand man attendance is going to fall off a cliff and ratings are going to fall off a cliff so even if you're just cynical and it's just about those things well you're gonna have to have a better team very soon uh all right thank you all for listening this is the cubs podcast here at the athletic it's on to waveland I am Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at Bleacher Nation. That's the of Charmin, Patrick Mooney. You can get their stuff at The Athletic. And if you were still feel like you're missing a lot of what we were talking about, do read John Greenberg's piece at The Athletic. It'll give you more context on some of the history of this stuff and also what's coming on Thursday. Um, so appreciate you all listening, sticking through the Cubs losing so that uh, you can still hear our thoughts on this team. We'll be back at you later this week. Thank you. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.